My name is Ben, and uh, just glad to have you here today. If you're here new to church, we're super excited that you've chosen to be here today. Uh, we're in a series called This is Living, and so if you didn't pick up one of these little booklets as you came in today, we have uh, some staff and ushers that are going to help us right now. So just kind of raise your hand and say, I didn't get one of those yet. We're handing these out this month for our, our eight-week series, and we're in week number two. We heard from uh, Pastor Marshall Azinga last week on freedom. And we're uh, diving right in, talking about what it means to live our life, a full life that Jesus offered us as followers of him. John 10.10 says that the devil came to kill and to, to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said that he came to give us life. And one translation says, life to the fullest. How many are thankful that Jesus came to give us full life? And so we're talking about this is living today. How many people, uh, married people in the room? Just raise your hand real quick. How many people want to get married one day? Okay, just look around you. <laughs> Take this moment. Some of you guys, oh, I'm just praising Jesus. It's all gay. No. Thank you, Lord. Well, you're going to want to take some notes potentially today. Uh, that's why these booklets are, are available for you. But especially if you're married or you want to get married one day, because there's, uh, I've been married now. Heather and I have been married for, it'll be 23 years this summer. And so we'll be, we'll be celebrating our anniversary later. And there's a few things I've learned being married that there are certain words and phrases that actually help enhance your marriage. Uh, certain words like this, I'm sorry, please forgive me. <laughs> that was my fault, <laughs> my bad. Uh, things like, uh, I love you. Every day, say that to your spouse. Uh, some guys are like, fe- I see some single guys are just feverishly writing this stuff down. Uh, the other one is, you're beautiful. Well, Heather doesn't tell me I'm beautiful. She says I'm handsome. But um, turn to the person beside you and say, you're beautiful, especially if you're married to that person. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, now turn to the person on the other side and say, you're good looking too. <laughs> Just encourage them this morning. So according to an online magazine, babble.com, there are some words that you should at all costs avoid in your marriage relationship, okay? There's some, uh, any, any, any guesses kind of what they are? One of them is, I'll give you a hint, never. Another one is always. Anybody else? What do you think? What? Fat, yeah. <laughs> Lazy. You know, you always, you never, you fat, you lazy, right? Uh, that doesn't go over very well. Uh, how many know that words can, can cut us down or they can build us up? Proverbs says that there's death and life uh, in our words. And so we can, we can use words to affirm each other. And part of living a full life is, is understanding that there are some words that are healing words. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write this as a title, Healing Words. That's going to be the title of the message this morning, I, w- I want to share with you some, some words that Jesus spoke to a man, and I believe we can apply them to our lives today, each one of us. And they're healing words, and they may be words that, that they, they may actually surprise you, kind of how they come out. And I want to give you a heads up on that, but I will tell you they are healing words. And they are words that will bring you life, words that will bring you fullness, words that will bring you freedom as, as you listen. And so we're going to look at that together 
In John chapter 5, Jesus encounters a man, and he was in need of healing. He had been facing physical problems. He was a paralytic. He uh, couldn't walk. He had gotten sick, and he'd been facing long-term problems 38 years. 38 years. And Jesus encounters this man. We're going to look at this together. And I want us today to, to frame kind of the understanding of these healing words in the area specifically related to inner healing. But I believe that these things can be applicable uh, to all kinds of healing in the room today. Physical healing as well. But we need words of healing in our lives that will bring freedom and life. And these are words from Jesus today. And I believe as we open our hearts and open our, our spirit to receive, uh, that we're going to receive healing today. And I believe God has a, a specific word for you this morning. In your Bible, John chapter 5, if you have a Bible, you can open it there. If not, that's all right. The, the scripture will be on the screens for you today. So right at the top of the chapter... And so the Gospel of John says this, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. These colonnades were covered porches, so it was a pool with some covered porch areas. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, And one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, somebody doesn't want to go downstairs, I know that. Timing is everything, huh? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. Then the day in which this took place was the Sabbath and the, the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath and the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said, pick up your mat and walk. And so they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk anyway? And the man who slipped away into the crowds was there. And later Jesus found him in the temple. And he said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And the man went away and he told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus It was Jesus who had made him well. Father, we thank you for these moments around your word today as we gather and we worship you and we honor you, God. We want to receive fullness of life from you. And God, we know that each one of us have challenges and problems and things today, and we're just saying, God, we want to hear your word. Give us hearts that will receive and hear you and obey and walk in faith and receive fullness and healing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. So this past week, uh, one of the things that was 
kind of buzzing around the internet and on the news was Oprah Winfrey's speech. And it was an excellent speech, as speeches go, I must say. I mean, it was, it was well put together. It was articulate. It was, it was Oprah at her finest. And I liked her big black glasses. They just looked good on her. And it was so good that people were saying, well, Oprah, she could be our new president. 2020, Oprah 2020. And could you imagine a presidential race, Donald Trump against Oprah Winfrey? I mean, this is an episode of The Simpsons happening in real time. But nonetheless, this is where we're at. We're amusing ourselves to death, according to Neil Postman. And uh, what, what we love in our entertainment is eventually taking over. And this is kind of what's happening in our culture today. And, uh, but nonetheless, whether, whether you think Oprah would be a great president, I mean, who would she have as her running mate? Dr. Phil? I mean, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Oprah and Phil. is like, you got a problem, and then we're going to fix it, you know? Um, Whether you think Oprah and Dr. Phil should run for president of the United States. Somebody was being interviewed on the news, and uh, they said, I loved Oprah's speech, and what it did, she says, is it brought words of healing in a time of incredible division and pain in the world that we live in. And I think that's true. I think that there were some words of hope and some life, and it's true that we live in an incredibly... um, dark and nasty and we live in sin sick times Uh, the world is sick with sin the world is lame with attitudes and gossip and slander and hatred and venom just spewing out of people's mouths against one another and there people are broken in our world today people are 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 sin are sin sick and so words that bring Hope and words that bring healing are are, are so refreshing in this brokenness. Family relationships have been broken down in our culture. Marriage relationships are broken or sick. Many people live with a a, a sense of of pain in their lives, just uh, anxiety, confusion. It's just, it just seems to be kind of the new normal. We've just kind of accepted it. Well, it's just a painful, sinful, sin-sick kind of uh, anxious world. And, and a lot of times we've just accepted that this is just the way it is. This is the way our world works. This is my lot in life. And to cope with it, people have turned to things like drugs and alcohol and other addictions and pornography and, and, and relationships that, that are unhealthy and control and manipulation and uh, entertainment and just doing whatever we can to numb the pain of, of the world that we just feel has been handed to us somehow that we just we, we endure and we live in it and we're sin sick. And it's even crept into the church where sometimes our attitudes, even though we know the, the word of God and we, we are being renewed by our mind, at times we've allowed sickness and sin and attitudes and disease to creep into our thinking and it has wounded us and we have become emotionally wounded and sick inside. And some of us have, have then, because we've been wounded and trying to cope and, and we believe Jesus and the word and all this stuff, but, but we've been dealing repetitively with the same problem over and over and over and over again. We, we keep going back and just saying, well, there's nothing I can do. Uh, I can't help it. I'm just, I'm just sick 
And some of us have even looked in the mirror and looked at her, and you're never going to get over this. We've actually had speeches like, why can't you change? And we get frustrated with ourselves, and we need healing. And we need healing words. And although Oprah's healing words can bolster our, our emotions for a few moments, and they might even do some good, we need the healing words from God himself. We need healing words from Jesus himself right into our very center. But here's the thing. We need to be open to receiving what Jesus has to say to us. Because sometimes we think it'll just be, well, we know what Jesus, Jesus, he carries lambs, talks to children. He just says nice stuff. He just, everything Jesus says is, you know, rainbows and butterflies that come out of his mouth. But metaphorically speaking, we are all sitting by the pool of Bethesda. Like this man, we're waiting for something to happen. And, and Jesus, his, his words are, are for us. Here's, here's kind of the big idea today, and, and I want us to uh, um, think about this just for a few moments, then we're going to touch on it again. But sometimes healing words from Jesus can be hard to receive. But if we can receive them, we can be healed. Because this is kind of what, what happened here. It, Jesus, he's, he's on his way to a festival and he, he comes to this pool area with these porches and they're all the, the, the sick people of, of the city and they're all hanging out there day after day and, and one translation says there were multitudes. There were, there were lots of people that would represent all kinds of sickness and disease and we know this, this one man that, that Jesus encounters that that there was a time, we, we understand later as we read, that, that he, he wasn't sick because Jesus says, now you're well again. There was a time that he knew what it was like to be healthy, but he found himself in sickness and disease somehow, we don't know. But, but day after day for 38 years, he laid there by the pool in his sickness. And there was uh, some scholars, you know, talk about, you know, there's, there's some scriptures and, and scholars that talk about this, this portion of scripture and say that, uh, you know, there was a, a kind of a, a legend in, you know, that people kind of word got out that there was an angel that would come and stir the water certain times. And as, as the water was stirred, then what they would do, all the, the sick people would, would uh, basically race each other and, and they would be, you know, I could just see the scene in my mind, just kind of the water's moving and they would, they would look for the water that was moving and they would try to get in the pool. And, and if they got in the pool, then, then they would be healed. And this was what they, the story was. And, and some scholars believe that it could have been because there was kind of a, a therapeutic spring or kind of something like Banff or whatever, the hot springs. There would have been some properties that, uh, in the minerals in the water that would bubble up. And nobody really kind of knows exactly what this was all about. But uh, they would wait and wait and wait. And when the water would begin to move, they would, they would, try, to get, they would try to get in. And so this pool, Bethesda, and I want you to listen to this. It means, it means house of mercy. And I think that God is wanting to speak something to us here this morning about his, about his mercy and how he speaks healing words to us. And I want you to just to notice just a couple of things here right away. The first thing is, is that Jesus, when he gets to this pool and there's all these people, Jesus, 
the, the same Jesus that, that would heal the masses. There were times in Jesus' ministry where everybody around him just received healing and the masses would be healed. Everybody got healed. But on this particular occasion, Jesus comes and there's masses of people in need of healing, but he focuses on one individual. And I think this speaks to you and me about how Jesus is very specific. He knows exactly what each one of us need. He knows the words that we need to hear. He knows the timing. Healing is such a mystery. And I, I believe that God wants to increase the grace and the anointing of healing in this, in this house. And we're going to pray for people even at the end of the service today. Physically, if you need a healing in your body, we're going to pray and believe for that. But emotional healing, each one of us can identify with that as well. And, and it's a mystery. Like, how come sometimes people get healed and sometimes they don't? But Jesus, I guess he could have just gone up to the, the pool and just waved his hand and said, okay, everybody healed. He's God. But he chose to kind of hang back. And, and even as we read in our text, it was kind of the guy who got healed, he kind of didn't even know who it was. He's just like there was a guy and he was in the crowd. And, and sometimes the Lord, the way he works, he just subtly comes in. And, and even right now, you may not even identify or know that Jesus is healing you or wanting to heal you or working in your life, but he, he's here this morning. You might just think, you don't, you don't even really notice, but he's, he's working and he's, he's healing you. Isn't that beautiful? But he calls out one man because Jesus deals with each one of us individually. And he knows what we need. Other healings, people, you know, got touched different ways. And then I want you to, to notice this too, that he spoke some healing words. And these words, they were full of mercy because it was at the pool of Bethesda, house of mercy. So these words are full of grace and compassion and mercy. But they're words that are unlikely words in a sense. They're healing words, but nonetheless, they're very direct words. And sometimes Jesus his healing words to you and me are very direct words about our state and where we are and how we can walk and partner with his grace and with his mercy to receive healing. And so again, the big idea that sometimes these healing words, they can be hard to receive, but if we receive them, then we can be healed. So let's look at these words. The, the first words that Jesus spoke to this man who was in desperate need of a miracle, was in a form of a question. Jesus asked some great questions to people, but this is the question he asked his man. He says, do you want to get well? It's an unlikely question, really. Like, you read it, it's kind of, it's almost offensive. Like, you think about that. Well, this guy is like, he's hanging out by the pool day after day. He's hoping, he's hoping that the water will move. All his friends are hanging out there every day, 38 years. It's his new normal. He's just become accustomed to being sick and being with sick people and hanging out at this pool every day. And as they were waiting for the magic water to move, the living water himself shows up and nobody recognizes him. <laughs> but the living water, wherever the river flows, there's life and wherever the living water is. And so Jesus, as he learns about this one man, Somehow, somehow he learned that this man had been there for a long time. He had been stuck in his problem for a long time. And he asked him this question, do you want to get well? It's a good question for all of us to really consider this morning. 
in areas of inner healing, emotional healing, bitterness, unforgiveness, habits, addiction. Do we really want to let that go? Do we really want to get well? And it's an unlikely question in one sense, but it's a, a bang on, accurate, very relevant question. Not only for this man, but for all of us. Because the interesting thing is this man, as soon as Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? He doesn't even give Jesus a direct answer. He says, well, there's nobody here to help me. He starts coming up with excuses. And, and every time, it was almost like he was saying, well, here's why I'm not healed, because nobody's here, here is, no, I don't have anybody to help me. And every time the water moves, uh, other, other people beat me. So he was living in a perpetual state of excuses. It was funny, because he's almost defending himself. Remember, he didn't really know it was Jesus at this point. And Jesus, you know, do you want to get well? He's like, I'm offended at that, of course. Like, look at me. I'm out here every day by this pool, waiting, waiting, waiting. But, hey, I don't have anybody. And sometimes we can find ourselves in a thinking pattern, holding on to our sickness, our disease, our unforgiveness, our pain, our brokenness, and our addiction, because when we really, really, when, when, when the brass tacks levels out, when we really come to terms with this question, we really don't want to get hit well. Why? Because we somehow enjoy or we've become accustomed to, this is my new normal, I'm just sick, I'll just never get over this. And for some people, it almost gives them a sense of identity. Their sickness, actually, you've got to be careful of this, and we all do, that our sickness and our, and our brokenness doesn't become our crutch and our identity. And what would it mean then if I got healed? I would have to change. What would it mean if Jesus actually healed me and I'm not lame anymore? I, I, would, I would have to step in and step into God's plan for my life. I, I, I'm just more comfortable being sick with my sick friends. And we come up with excuses. I went to school with this kid, a long time ago, and such a vivid memory in my mind. Kid comes to school, and he's got a broken arm. He's got a cast. And you remember this in elementary school. When you showed up with a cast, you became the class hero for some reason. Everybody's like, whoa, that guy's got a cast. And everybody's going over, and he's got this crowd of people. And he wasn't even a very popular kid before. And he shows up with a cast, and he's got a crowd of people around him. And everybody's signing his cast and everything like that. And I remember weeks went by, and he sat next to me. And I remember one day, he's just like, hey, look at this. Check it out. And he pulled his arm right out of his cast, and he's like, look at this. I'm totally fine. And, then he, and his arm was kind of skinny and yellow. And then he pushes his arm back in his cast, and then he's like going over to girls, would you like to sign my cast? Would you like to sign my cast? Why? Because his brokenness, his sickness became something that he became accustomed to. It became kind of what got him the attention he needed. Do you really want to get well? No, I'm actually okay with being a little bit lame because of the power it gives me. Is there anything in your life that gives you a sense of control or maybe it's become your new normal? You've just said, this is my lot in life. I don't, I don't need to change. Or you say, I've tried so many times and I'm not changing. So the first words of healing or do you want to get well? And then Jesus says these words, get up. And this is where the rubber meets the road because this man had a choice right there. Jesus asked him, he says, do you want to get well? 
And then he said, get up. He could have chosen to stay down. And this is the point where healing begins to move towards breakthrough in our lives. And these are healing words from God. You say, I've tried before, but I failed. The Lord says, get up. I've tried to heal our marriage, and we're just done. We're just happy being separated forever or divorced. Get up again. We're just, we're, you know what? I've tried to restore that relationship, and I'm just happy to be bitter and gossip about that person the rest of my life. Don't stay down there. Get up. The Lord would say, get up. It's actually action. And God's grace and his sovereignty and his healing, it's all God. But we partner with God by getting up. We partner with God by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you are willing and you want to be well, then get up. And for some of you this morning, this is your opportunity and God's calling you up. He's calling you to get moving And no matter how many times you've fallen down or you've found yourself stuck, the Lord would say to you and me today, get up. When I first moved here a number of years ago, I had some very uh, bad lower back problems. And a friend of mine in the congregation said, go to this chiropractor and whatever. And so he went, you know, I went and he adjusted me. And the guy kept saying to me, he says, I'm going to adjust you. He says, but the key is you need to get out and get moving and walk every day. And it wasn't until I was walking every day that I just began to feel the healing begin to take place. I had to literally get up and start moving every day. And I feel like the Lord is saying to you and to me, don't stay in your sickness, don't stay in your disease, don't stay in your excuses. Get up and get moving. Get up and get moving towards the things that God has for you because they're, it's life. You and I can live life in a place of defeat and discouragement and sickness and pain, or we can live life by getting up and getting moving and moving into God's purposes. And I believe that God's going to give you the grace to get over fear today as well, because it will mean that as you move forward in God, that he has new things for you. In the book of Joshua, the people of God, they had experienced some defeat against the city of Ai. And they kind of rallied back together and God gave them another opportunity. They, they were knocked down because of the sin of Achan. They were knocked down and they, they were stuck. But God says, get an ambush together, start again, get up. And this is what the Lord says to the people of God and what Joshua says to his, his troops. He says, you are to rise up from the ambush and take the city. In other words, you've been knocked down before You've had a defeat, but it's time for you to rise up, rise up, rise up, get up again. And the Lord your God will give it into your hand. And when you have taken the city, look at this, set it on fire. In other words, whatever's holding you back, whatever defeat that you've had in the past, whatever failure, whatever place that you've blown it, whatever sin, whatever addiction, whatever pain, get up again, get up again, and keep moving forward and light that thing on fire and burn it. And move forward into the purposes of God. Move forward into the blessing and the promises that God has for you. But it takes incredible obedience. Because sometimes the words that Jesus gives us, even words of healing, can be sometimes hard for us to take. But if we will take his words and get up and get moving we will see healing. You will see healing in your life. 
And finally this morning, take up your bed and walk is what Jesus said. Here's, here's the other beautiful words. These are healing words. Take up your bed and walk or take up your mat is the translation that says up here. Take up your mat and walk. And so this mat, this man who was sick for so long, this mat represented who he was. It represented where he was. It represented his community. It represented his lifestyle. It represented his usual place. It represented all the sickness and all the pain and all the disease that he lived in day in and day out. It was his mat. And Jesus says to him, pick up your mat. And I was out for a walk last night. And as I was kind of doing a prayer walk and I was out around my neighborhood, I was thinking about this. I'm like, Lord, what is this thing about the mat? And I felt like God say that this was his responsibility for the healing. That when God says to you, get up, and you get up, and you begin to move into deeper healing, when you begin to move and you burn up whatever it was that was holding you back, and then you actually have to take responsibility for it yourself. You literally need to pick it up. And the other thing it is, I believe, is it's your testimony. That wherever he went, I could see this guy, he was showing up later on, he's in the temple, and there's all the Pharisees that are going, what's going on? How come you're, you know, carrying your mat? You're not supposed to carry anything, because in the, in the laws in those days, I mean, they were so legalistic, and they said, you can't even pick up anything on the Sabbath day. And what are you doing, like, carrying all that, that, that little mat? And he's walking around, he goes, this is my testimony. This is who I used to be. This is, this is who I used to be when I was laying by the pool in sickness with all of my excuses. This mat represents the excuses I used to have. This mat represents everything I used to be. But today I'm free. Today Jesus has touched me. Jesus has healed me. Jesus has set me free. Jesus' words healed me and set me free. And this is who I used to be. And I'm not that anymore. Maybe his name was Matt. Wouldn't that be funny? I'm Matt, and this is my Matt. Tell the devil, not today. Pick up your mat and walk. And you know, as I was walking last night in the snow, as I was walking, I felt like the Lord just remind me too that as we walk in our healing, it's a series of faith steps over and over and over. Don't stay stuck where you are. Don't stay in your sickness and disease. Don't stay in your, in your excuses. Don't stay in your past. When you hear the words of Jesus and he says, get up, pick up your mat and walk, that means you gotta keep walking forward. You gotta every day take a new faith step moving towards your healing, moving towards the promises and the purposes of God for your life. I'm going to ask the band to come back at this time. I was at the Dream Center. Our church has a ministry called the Dream Center that we started years ago, and it's just down on McLeod Trail. And I was attending the, one of the first graduate uh, graduations for the Women's Dream Center, and there were some men testifying there as well. And I mean, these people have walked through incredible addiction and pain and but everybody that got up to testify, one of the things that was something they all had in common was they were saying, I had to come to a point in my life where I had to take responsibility and I just want to give Jesus all the glory for what he's done and how he has healed me and how he's helped me pick up my mat, so to speak, and begin to move forward and leave my addiction and leave my pain behind. And many of those ones, friends of ours and those at the dream said they're still on a journey just like you and me are. But it's every day that we pick up our mat and that we walk and that we keep in step with the Spirit. The Bible talks about how our walk with Jesus or our journey with Jesus is like a walk. 
And so this morning, let me ask you a question. What is your condition? What is your condition? Are there some areas of your life that you know God is wanting to bring healing and, or that you're believing God for? And maybe, again, you've come up with excuses. You've become accustomed to just living a certain way. I believe Jesus is saying to you today, he's also asking you this question. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? And if you do, that we partner with the mercy of God and the grace of God by getting up and moving forward, getting up and getting moving, taking up our mat, walking day by day, moving forward in the purposes of God. What healing word is Jesus speaking to you today? What healing words is the Lord calling you to today? Do you want to get well? Look at this scripture, Psalm 107. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. Look at this. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. Father, I pray right now all over this room that you would begin to speak and send your word and bring healing in Jesus' name in this room. Just get receptive right now because the Holy Spirit is beginning to speak. And as he speaks, there's a creative flow. There's a creative flow of the Spirit as he begins to speak the healing word, receive the healing word. He spoke his word and he healed. He healed them. God right now is healing addiction. God right now is healing failure. God right now is healing relationships. God right now is healing. He's healing. He's healing bodies. He's healing minds. He's healing stress and anxiety. He's healing disorders. He's healing sleeplessness. He's healing all these kinds of things that come against the people of God that keep you sick at the pool of Bethesda. But Bethesda means house of mercy. And God's mercy God's mercy is meeting you right now. And as God's mercy meets you, he's giving you the power by his grace to actually get up, to actually get up from where you are and move forward this morning. Come on, let's just call out to God. Just in your own way, just begin to call out to him. Just begin to respond to what God is speaking to you about, even in these moments. Thank you, Father. I want to invite you to stand with me this morning and we're going to respond to the Lord as Daniel sings this part of a chorus that we were singing early. Everything you do is mercy. Everything you do is full of mercy. And let's receive God's healing this morning. All of us are at this pool. We see the gospel in this story as well because all of us are sick in our sin. And because of Jesus Christ, who came 2,000 years ago, died on the cross, we don't have to stay in that sickness anymore. He's going to heal us of our excuses. He's going to, some of you say, I'm just happy being where I am because you know if you step in and follow Jesus, it's going to mean change. But this morning, I want to cast off all fear because the Bible says that God's not given us a spirit of fear. And right now, that fear is from the enemy. He's trying to hold you back and hold you in a place of sickness and disease and lameness. And God says, I don't have lameness for you. I've got life for you. I've got full life for you this morning. 
And so this morning, if you're here today and you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus and said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I want to become a follower of Jesus, even in these moments right now. I would just encourage you right now just to receive his grace and his mercy all over this room this morning. Just reach out to him and just say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. And whether it's for salvation, whether it means you don't know if you're going to heaven today or whether you just need healing in your body or in your mind, let's just reach out to him right now. Oh God, we need your mercy. Lord, like that one man cried out to you, he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me, Lord. I'm a sinner and I need your salvation today. I need to be saved by grace. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just sing this together. Everything, oh God. Everything you are, everything you do is full of mercy.